when Eric Ten Hag took over from Ralph Rennick at the head of Manchester United. He made it very clear that he has a specific plan in mind and a way of running a football club. He wanted to make sure that everyone is on board and the board will support his signings and they did. But we all know that every project, especially football projects, needs a figurehead. That guy, him. In enters Marcus Rashford, coming from the worst season of his career, scoring five goals, a record low for him. Marcus Rashford had a very disappointing season before the current one that we're in, where he also missed a penalty in the finals of the Euros and was subjected to so much racial abuse online. A lot of people thought that his escapades outside of football helping the needy of London had distracted him from football. We may never know if that is true or not. But one thing we saw for sure is Marcus Rashford was not himself. He needed to find his former glory and just find what made him tick as a player. We don't know what Eric Ten Hag told or promised Marcus Rashford. But we know that in the off-season before the 2022-2023 season, Marcus Rashford went to work. Rumor has it that he went to Nike headquarters and practiced there for the entirety of the off-season until he had to get back to camp with Manchester United. And man, Manchester United received a wonderful player, a superstar, a player who can dig them out of terrible situations, a player that can win them so many games. And that's what Marcus Rashford has been doing this season. A lot of his success comes from his change in mental attitude, his desire to compete and win at all times, his relentless spirit coupled with his physical abilities of running relentlessly and pressing opponents and always seeking to score at all times. Marcus Rashford this season has become a beast to an extent that even when Manchester United are not playing well, they can depend on him to be that guy that gets them over the hurdle. Now, they lost in a very humiliating fashion to Liverpool 7-0. And this happens a week after winning the Carabao Cup, their first trophy in three to four years, and the first one under the Ten Hag era where they played a formidable opponent in Newcastle and managed to nullify them. They didn't really dominate Newcastle, but I mean, nullifying Newcastle is an accomplishment. And a week before then, they eliminated Barcelona, who are runaway La Liga winners in a convincing fashion. Over two legs, actually, they played. They were the better team over the two legs against a formidable Barcelona team. So, we know Manchester United has been suffering so many setbacks, even under the Ten Hag era. It hasn't been easy for them, but when it's been bad, it's been really bad. And when it's been good, it's been really, really good. They suffered a setback at the hands of Liverpool, a setback that no one expected. Did we expect Liverpool to beat Manchester United? Yeah, it was possible. But did we expect 7-0? Definitely not. A lot of fans were actually worried about the state of mind of Manchester United players upon being on the back foot in that game. Many of them were talking about how Bruno Fernandes gave up and all the players gave up, but that was not the case for me. For me, it was a matter of they were so dominant in the first half that they thought they deserved to lead, 
and you can't really blame them for that because they created better chances they created more chances until Cody Hagbo scored that goal the first one and then they had a change in mentality of being frustrated and actually wanting to press Liverpool further and equalize because they felt like that game was winnable that's how I saw the attitude of the players but then now football is a sport that punishes mistakes and if you're going to consistently make the same mistakes you're consistently going to get punished especially in the EPL so the more Manchester United pushed forward to find the equalizer the more they left gaps in behind and obviously there were errors as well lapse in concentration and all those things which contributed to them being further behind so now when the score is 2-0 they still think they can equalize they still think they can score one they can score two and then eventually score three and win the game and then the more they keep doing that and committing numbers forward, pressing one-on-one, the more mistakes started to happen in their pursuit of winning, they ended up losing further and further. Can we accuse Manchester United players of giving up? Absolutely not. What we can accuse them of is being reckless in their pursuit of equalizing and actually winning the match. But then now, Marcus Rashford after the game spoke a few days after the game he said I wish we had a game today so we can rectify the mistakes and that was not possible but they had a chance against Real Betis in the Europa League round of 16 tie and man did they rectify the mistake they won 4-1 against a very very formidable Betis team I really respect that team because it has studs in it uh, really good players and it's well coached by Manuel Pellegrini but what you saw from Manchester United, particularly in the second half, was a team that has great determination and a will to win. You see how they came out of the tunnel after the first half and they wanted to dominate in every facet of the game. Every player was hungry to get forward and score the goals and just dominate the game in all facets. Now, a very interesting thing is seeing how even in the Betis game, who was the first player to score the goal? Marcus Rashford. He is a leader. He knows what he has to do, especially playing at home. They have to bring the confidence of their supporters back. What really touched me as a fan is seeing the fourth goal. I mean, the game is already done at 3-1, but seeing the fourth goal, a police tray coming off the bench, working around the defense of Betis and eventually getting off a shot, McTominay going there and you know trying to finish off the goal not succeeding Claudio Bravo parries it away and then Vodvegos the guy that was that was struggling so much during that game missed a couple of sitters and a lot of fans were really angry with him he finally scored the celebration that he that he performed after he scored it really touched me as a fan because it made me feel what he's feeling. And that's very rare in football, right? It's very rare in football where if a player can be celebrating a goal and they make you feel the emotion behind them scoring and what it really means for them. He was really happy. It was the fourth goal. He didn't care. All he cared about is that he could score, you know? And I think it does a lot for his confidence there for him to be able to score. And he knows that the manager is trusting in him and continues to trust in him. 
I'm not a Manchester United fan, but I'm saying Vodvekos deserves to be in the squad next season for Manchester United because the passion and dedication that he shows is unparalleled. He will make mistakes because he's not he's not a world-class player not by any estimate. He has a lot of errors, but that's the type of passion that builds a team. The one he has. It's the type of passion that builds a team. It's the type of passion that you can't question when they lose. You can't say players gave up when you have players like Vodvekost. His impact has been very immense, both tactically and also as a morale booster for the team. Because he's a workhorse, he works very hard. And it's very interesting seeing the unity that Eric Ten Hag has fostered within the Manchester United team. This season they play with the type of unity that is unparalleled. And I think it's it's further strengthened by veterans like Casemiro and Rafael Varane. I was telling a friend of mine that as much as Varane is not really the player he used to be, his combination with Casemiro is a championship combo. They, particularly Varane, may not be the most talented right now, but the intangibles he brings to the game, coupled with Casemiro, shows you that these are two players that have won five Champions League. These are the play- These are players that know how to win games, how to manage games, how to manage pressure and overcome pressure. And that's what Manchester United have in the heart of their defense. Along with the raw and talented Lisandro Martinez, he is a menace. He puts his heart on his sleeves. He's willing to die for Manchester United. And I think many of the players you could see their passion for Manchester United as a club. You see it with Anthony, whenever he scores, points to the bank, to, to, to the badge, and really celebrates with the fans. Bruno Fernandes loves the Stratford end. He loves the Manchester United badge. He has since 2020 when he arrived. I think Manchester United are on to something. They're building a camaraderie that is able to overcome adversities and able to sustain winning and dominance for a long time. They are a team that is able to overcome adversities from losing 6-3 to Manchester City earlier in the season, being humiliated by Brentford 4-2, being humiliated further by uh, Brighton as well. But they're able to come back, they're able to get to the final of the Carabao Cup and convincingly win it. They, as we speak, might be alongside Arsenal the favourites to win the UEFA Europa League and Eric Ten Hag is at the helm of that but Marcus Rashford his mentality that celebration that he does the one you know it the trademark celebration it's a it's it's a symbol but it's also a representation of a change in mentality and attitude and a desire to win I don't think he just came up with that celebration out of nowhere him pointing to his skull after scoring every goal, it just shows that he is telling us it's all in the mind. The mentality that he has allows him to perform at this level week in, week out. His relentless desire to be dominant, to be the best player he could possibly be and make his team the best team it could possibly be. And that mentality is also evident in how Bruno Fernandes plays, how he handles games, how he is able to pick up his teammates. And obviously Casemiro is the heart of all of that. Because him, he doesn't have to do celebrations. 
the way he lunges into tackles, the way he puts his body on the line, the way he just plays his game shows that the mentality is different at Harrington. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Behind the Scoreline. Or better yet, just send them the link to this episode. Thank you.